This is the Unseminary Podcast. Stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. My name is Christine, and I'm joined by Rich, the founder of Unseminary. Rich, happy spring. How are you? Happy Easter. Man, it's so good. A couple days out from Easter. What It was fun hosting Easter with you this year. Yeah, that was nice. I'm glad we got to do it together. And much less depressing than last year. Last year was rough. <laughs> Empty auditorium, solo hosting. Yes, it was bad news. It but was, this year was fun. Yeah, absolutely. Well, today we are talking about three key les- lessons for your church from a study of 20,000 online events. Tell us about this study that you found. Okay, so I bumped into this study. It's called The State of Virtual Events 2021. If you stay tuned till the end, I'll tell you how you can get it for free. Um, and this of uh, this um, study, what they did was they looked at um, 100 different leading brands. They went out and um, interviewed them and surveyed them, really. Uh, and combined, this group has run 20,000 events in the last year, which is amazing. And so this study explores what these brands are thinking about those online events. So it's really kind of their reflection as leaders on what they've done in this last year, which I do, which it caught my attention because I thought, mm, I wonder what church leaders are thinking, and it might give us a particularly a particular insight. Now, these are like brand name brands. These are the kind of things that you have heard of before. Uh, again, it's all detailed in the, in the report, but it's folks like Nest. You know, this is like the food conglomerate. They made all kinds of stuff. You know, might know their brands. The thing I, I did a little bit of research on them. They have 29 brands who who each of those brands do at least a billion dollars in sales. Folks like Nespresso, Nescafe, Kit Kat, Smarties. Uh, all kinds of great ones. So they, they're a worldwide operation. Condé Nast, they're a media company. They have um, they run uh, folks like Vogue and New Yorker and GQ, folks like Volkswagen. So they uh, you probably have heard of them before. They've been for over 80 years, been putting more Volks in wagons. So they, they tried to get a kind of wide uh you know, kind of spectrum of different kind, types of companies that have been doing online events. Uh, and this study really looked at kind of their thoughts from a leadership perspective on those events over this last year. All right. Well, you noted that there was two specific stats that drove you to dig deeper for learnings for the church. Tell us about those stats. Yeah. So the first one was 51% of respondents reported that they had attended uh, their first virtual events in the last 12 months. So it had actually hosted their uh, first virtual event in the last 12 months. The thing that kind of struck me about that was I got thinking about the church leaders I engage with. And, you know, a, a year ago, there are, um, it probably was somewhere around 50% of the church leaders that I engage with regularly weren't doing church online, weren't doing any of that. Uh, sure, there were lots of them that were doing it, but there were still a lot that weren't. And so that actually made me sit up and think, Hmm, that's interesting. Like here is a group of marketplace leaders who have faced similar dynamics to us. The other one was that 58% of people surveyed in this report believe that they will invest more in online events as they look to 2021 and beyond. And 91% say that these experiences were successful. That That's incredible. 60% of people saying that they're going to continue to invest uh, in online events. Um, you know, I think there's a lot we can learn here as we uh, look to the future and really think about what hybrid church looks like. How are we going to do both online and in person? Uh, I think there's some lessons that we could uh, pull out of this. You know, back in March 2020, we, we all went through the great pivot uh, where we all jumped online more. And I think most of us now are in this boat where we're wondering, gosh, where do we go next? How do we look back and think about our online time? And what does that kind of play in the future? And how will that all fit together? I think there's some lessons here that we could pull out uh, for our churches today. Now, what have you been hearing from church? leaders as they reflect on the past year? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, 
just even in the last couple of weeks, a couple of conversations I've had. So I was talking to a senior leader who uh, was in the, you know, like the preaching seat. They're the person who has been sitting in that seat for a long time and, and uh, was in a conversation where they frankly were just exacerbated with the, the having to preach early. They were like, listen, I, you know, I've been preaching this way for 30 years and now I have to figure out how to get my message done by Wednesday and then still preach it live, uh, you know, and now because they're in a hybrid world, uh, preach it live on the weekend while being ready to preach uh, the next week's message on Wednesday. And they're frankly just done with it. They're like, gosh, I am just done with the whole online experience. Or, you know, I was talking to an executive pastor recently who, God bless executive pastors, love them so much. They're trying to balance out the staffing and financial resources uh, in order to do, to do both online and in person. And, you know, so many of us are wrestling with those issues this, these days, trying to figure out, hey, how do we do both? Uh, we don't want to lose kind of the good thing of one, but we're not sure how we can pay for it all uh, and not burn our team out. Or uh, I was talking to a staff leader recently. So this is a staff, you know, person on a team at a church and uh, they were just super passionate about the early gains. Uh, but it felt like a fragile thing, right? It's like, we've learned a few things. They seem to be working well, but man, I hope we don't lose those early wins in my area. It's like, I, it was like the, the kind of online stuff is not, hasn't had a big enough results that you feel like, conclusive that this is where we want to go, but it's least early enough that you think, oh, there's something here we want to learn from. So, you know, it seems like we've, uh, you know, we see these these learnings and, and we're all wrestling with these same issues. Uh, so that's part of why this article jumped out at me. All right. So what can we learn from these 100 leading brands and the 20,000 events that they've hosted this past year? Well, there's three lessons particularly in this report that I believe are really super applicable to your church and to mine. All right. Well, why don't you tell us about the first one? Online events drive both engagement and awareness. Okay. So there's two statistics that uh, stood out to me. And again, these are the leaders of these events. Uh, the first one was that 45.3% of respondents believe that these online events uh, drive uh, or create deeper engagement. The other statistic was that 18.9% believe that these online events uh, build stronger awareness in their market. Why are these important? So um, uh, engagement is the key. Uh, you know, I think a year ago, it was in fact, it literally was a year ago, probably this week, we were all trying to figure out what do these numbers mean? We have so many people on our streams and we came up with all these, you know, janky ways to, you know, calculate total numbers of people. And, and we tried to say, well, we think in, on average in our homes, we have 1.7 people. And, but then the thing that we've learned that this study actually validates at the end of the day is that actually the bigger thing to measure is actually engagement, not attendance. It's more important that we get people chatting. It's more important that we get them picking up resources. It's more important that we, we don't create passive viewers, but we get, we create engagement with our people. We, we need to think caref very carefully about how we do that going forward, not resting on our laurels, uh, thinking, okay, well, we have a bunch of people in our streams. It's more about how do we get them to engage. And so even the like stuff around how do we, you know, get people to talk and chat and all those things, those are the kind of things we should be be thinking about. The other piece of the puzzle that seems to come out in this study is that, you know, building awareness is a part of these online events. And I think this is an interesting thing for you and I to think about. We used to, when I first started in ministry, there was this uh, notion that like, 
if you're going to build a church, like a physical church building, they used to say you want to be two turns, no more than two turns off a major highway or two turns off a major interstate. And the reason why you did that was because you wanted your physical building close somewhere. You wanted it to be easy to find. Um, and in fact, you know, over the years, we, you know, we've generally tried to live by that, trying to figure out a way to how do we make our buildings as kind of easily accessible as possible. But, but in this day and age with so many people living online, uh, building online awareness is an important piece of the puzzle. And so as we look to the future, when we think about church online, when we think about our online experiences, we don't want to give up the gains that we've had, which is we have been visible in an online world. Uh, some of our churches and maybe a high percentage of our churches uh, for the first time in a significant way. And we don't want to give that up. We want to build awareness. This would be people who, it's like people who are are um, maybe not even considering attending our church yet. They're never going to make the decision to come unless they're even at the first step aware of who we are. We first, have, they have to know we exist before they'll feel comfortable enough to even attend. And so awareness is an important piece of why we should be thinking about and doing uh, this these online experiences that we've been crafting over this last year. All right, that's good. So number two, evolving tech platforms for church users. Rich, what would you say are the top three platforms that churches have been using this past year? Oh, that's a great question. Ties directly into actually the finding on here. I would say... I think the three that come to mind that I see a lot is obviously Life Church's Church Online platform. Oh man, I felt so bad they went down this weekend oh, on no. Easter on weekend. Easter. I felt so terrible for them. They actually struggled a bit the weekend before and they were down for a bit. They're super responsive. It was actually really I was proud of them how they they're proactive in declaring, "Hey, we're having problems," which was was great, but I would say Church Online continues to be huge. You know, uh, YouTube, huge platform, you know, a ton of churches on there. Uh, Facebook, you know, a lot of churches are using Facebook and continuing to see good traction there. Um, you know, but I but I would think, which actually what got me thinking when you asked that question, how that ties into their study. I think even more than any of those, when we think about the kind of public, like how are we having services that people attend or whatever, underneath of all that, I think Zoom is probably number one. If we were to, hmm. it's it, it's almost like in the last year, Zoom has become like, we don't even think about it as a technology. It's just, oh, let's meet on Zoom. Mm -hmm. And, you know, across the country, we have so many churches using Zoom for um, classes, for, um, you know, you were just on a, a class recently with a church that was doing a Next Steps experience. What was it done on? It's done on Zoom. You know, so many churches are using Zoom as a um, as a place for their small groups. Even churches, smaller churches are using Zoom as the platform. You know, if they're thinking they're going to have 50, 60 people show up, they're going to use that as their place. Um, you know, we've see, still seen churches do the kind of Zoom uh, prayer meetings before mm -hmm. their uh, services or uh, doing Zoom, uh, you know, lobbies after. We're right. still seeing that across the country. So the study actually found, which is you know, how that ties in, 50.3% of businesses surveyed said that Zoom was their primary tool for running an online event that's amazing mm -hmm. but actually when this is one of those statistics that it was kind of fun to look at because yes in a pie chart it's you know zoom is is like it's like half of it but then there was this whole other list of other ones youtube messenger teams or microsoft teams facebook live instagram live go to uh webinar on tw on 24 webex and a whole bunch of others and so if you think of like a pizza pie it's like half of it is pepperoni and then everything <laughs> else was a whole bunch of other um uh, toppings. toppings. Good question. Thank you. A good, uh, you know, reminder there. So what difference does that make for us? So 
What I don't think we can do, friends, is get stuck on one platform. We, we have to build somewhere in our system some person, some people who are looking to emerging platforms and saying, hmm, is there more that we can be done do on these other uh, platforms? Because Zoom, if we would have taken this a couple of years ago, Zoom would have been one of those small pieces of the puzzle. Mm -hmm. And now it's such a dominant you know, force for these uh, users. Uh, I love the, our friends out at Sandals Church in California. They're just a great church on, on so many levels. They do so many things well. Uh, I would encourage you, I write about it in the article. We'll leave it to you there. But they, they think about... Um, this and the way they've kind of come out of the pandemic or in this intra-COVID period, the way they're thinking about it is really as an omni-channel approach. So rather than saying, hey, we just present ourselves in one or two places, uh, they have a whole panacea of you know, Roku, Facebook, YouTube, and a whole bunch of other places that they have their weekend services and they actually design or customize the content for each one of those channels so that it feels very resonant to uh, those locations. They would be great for you to check out. We'll probably be talking more about Omnichannel in the future. I think this is one of those things that all of our churches need to be thinking clearly about in the coming weeks and months. All right. The third lesson is online is here to stay. Okay, so this is maybe the greatest non-lesson, hopefully, uh, in today's uh, podcast. You know, this is the thing that I hope is sticking out. But of the, you know, one of the strongest findings in this report, again, of 100 brands, run 20,000 events, 85.3% of the company leaders surveyed believe that online events are here to stay. Now, listen, friends, listen, listen, listen. Remember, 50% of these people hadn't run online events a year ago. Now, 85% of them, the vast majority of them are saying, hey, we're not going back. We're going to keep doing this. Listen, if you are thinking today about dropping your church online experience, please don't do that. Now is not the time for you to be thinking about it. I know as we transition to, an, to a hybrid church model, we're all trying to figure out how we do that and we do it well. But the answer is not to drop them. The future of your church and mine is a hybrid model where people will engage with us both online and in uh, full-orbed, you know, in-person experience as well. And we want to create both experiences that will help people take steps closer to Jesus. Man, listen, people have come to your church this year who would not have come to your church if it wasn't for the fact that you did on church online. So don't give this up. Don't drop it. Uh, we need to be thinking carefully about how we do that. And then you ask in the article, how can we take the best of one to improve the other? That's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> Good question, so, Rich. you know, if I think about our in-person experience, I would be gathering our leadership team now and saying, hey, what have we learned from our in our online experience over this last year? And how do we make our in-person experience better? Let's just not go back to what we did before, friends. Let's try to learn. What, okay, what did we learn about engagement? What did we learn about what people think about music? What did we learn about teaching? What have we learned about being more visual? How do we apply that to our in-person experiences? Or, or what about, you know, the other way around? Let's think about now as we're trying to create great craft great in-person experiences, let's ask ourselves, how do we replicate that? How do we inject those good things into our online experience? How, how do we have more human touches with our online experience? How, how do we do that in, in a more um, real way? You know, one of the things that we're going to see and we've, we're seeing as churches are going into this hybrid season is their attendance is understandably where they're seeing some kind of, um, you know, pullback on their, in, on their uh, online attendance. 
well, hey, let's let's not see that. Let's not be scared of that. Let's take that as an as an opportunity to get more personal with those people mm-hmm. and to find ways to reach out to them and try to connect. Let's get more vigilant. I love what our church is doing right now. We kind of turned up the volume in this season where we're saying, hey, if you're new and you're within Canada, which is a huge market, but if you're within our country, we want to not just send you a free PDF. We want to send you an actual book. I love that. We're turning up the volume, trying to get more aggressive with those people on the on the on the online experience uh, to get more of a connection with them. Uh, So those are the kind of questions I think we should be asking these days. All right. Well, if church leaders want to dig deeper, what could they do next? Great question. So we've provided you with this study. Again, it's the State of Virtual Events 2021. Uh, it looks at these what these top uh, 100 brands talked about and across these 20,000 events. And so if you actually just follow the bottom of this link in the show notes, you'll click the button uh, to download these two files. That's one file you'll get. The second one, it's actually a spreadsheet. And I know you might be like, spreadsheets? How can spreadsheets be fun? It's a spreadsheet of 160 plus online events. These are marketplace events. So these aren't church events. These are marketplace events. If you want to take this to another level, what I would say is like, hey, why don't you go through there and pick out 10 of those events? And uh, you'll see, and it literally links to like registration pages or like advertising or Instagram links, that kind of thing. And pull out 10 of those events and say, hey, what can we learn from these marketplace leaders about what they're doing with their in-person or their online events? And how can we apply that to what we're doing uh, in our church experience? Uh, Could provide some uh, great fuel for thought in your community. Excellent. Well, those are super helpful. Uh, Thank you, Rich, and thank you to our listeners. You can find this and other helpful articles and resources at unseminary.com. 